there, there's no wiggle room to talk about ideas outside of this ideological orthodox belief system. The view on race or, or gender or sexuality, how we're looking at people in terms of our group identity instead of individuals. I mean, I've every time I go to, to apply for something, it's like, what are your pronouns with a with a little asterisk? So you have to you have to put something. It's not optional. I think I can understand um, Aboriginal, right? But like, why why gay gay people or woman? <laughs> why or why why does it why do I have to state my sexuality when applying for an arts grant? Welcome to the New Flesh Podcast, the podcast you deserve. My name is Jonathan Astro. With me is Ricky Allpike, the theatrical Ricky Allpike. Hi, Ricky. <laughs> I'm fine and dandy, thanks. Well, uh, you know, it wasn't just a joke. Like you, you are, you have, you do have some theatre experience, and and so does our, our guest today. But tell it, you know, what's your what's been your enga- some, your engagement with the theatre? Come on, come clean. Well, I've I've worked on a number of theatre shows uh, here in Melbourne uh, as a sound designer and composer. Um, this was pre-COVID. I actually haven't done any theatre post-COVID, and um, yeah, I mean, what else? What else do you want to know? All right, well, you know, so what do you think of the theatre scene? Well, the the theatre scene um, is incredibly woke um, and is is intolerable and insufferable. And I think it, it, it got worse uh, while I was working in, in that kind of scene. Um, I worked on a bunch of shows that I really enjoyed uh, working on and some that just came with a bunch of stuff that was just just really annoying, which I'm sure we'll, we'll get into today with our, with our guest. But... Um, it's gotten so bad that I just I've stopped going. You know, I used to go to quite a bit of theatre. You know, every month I'd see a, a few different things, and I just I just stopped. It's just so preachy, and you know, it's just you're just getting your talking to all the time. You know, nothing's transgressive, uh, nothing's dangerous. Uh, you know, nothing goes against against the narrative. You know, I don't know. It sounds like you need a you do need a bit of a talking to by the sounds of it. <laughs> Maybe they need to talk louder. Uh, one of the things that always get, got me, and I've talked to, the, to I've told you about this before. The thing that I, one of the things I just cannot stand, is you see a really mediocre show or with terrible performances, or all you know, really preachy and whatever. And then, then at the end, you look around, um, and there's always a couple of people doing a standing ovation. But the you look around, and the type the, the, they're doing a very specific type of clapping, the high clapping, the high know? clapping, yes. So the hands yeah. are, are clapping, and it's a, they're clapping above their head for f- just forward of the face, above their head, mm. really high, you know. Yes, high, yeah. And you look, and you go, look, this doesn't deserve a golf clap, let alone yeah. a high. Yeah, I've been in those situations before where it's like I'm looking around. I'm like, oh, did we just see the same show here? Like, are mm. these are these all your like like is this your family back here? Some of them do seem no. like fellow actors. Yes, yes, that's true. And um, yeah, they should be banned. By the way, if you're a, if you're an actor, if you're a fellow actor, you should be banned from seeing the show because you're not you're 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 a, you are a it's a conflict of interest. Uh, half of the audience would, would just go like that. I know. Don't swear on this podcast. Okay. All right. So um, our today's guest is uh, Melody Rachel. Uh, I can't wait to talk to her about the theatre. Uh, we'll see if we get, we'll bring up any of the, the, the stuff we've talked about. Yeah. We'll see if she's a fan of the high clap. Maybe she's into it. Maybe she does it. Yep. All right. On with the show.
We always tell you the truth here at the New Flesh Podcast, and the truth is that we need your help. We need you to leave us a rating or a review wherever you listen to the show. We're also on YouTube, so please subscribe to our YouTube channel and leave a comment about a show you liked or perhaps troll some of our haters. Word of mouth is also a very powerful tool, so please tell all of your friends, especially your weird uncle. And finally, to our Uber fans, if you love what we do, you can send us a little cash via the Buy Me A Coffee platform. Any donation here is very much appreciated. And now on with the show. Yeah, Ricky, I'm going to cut in on this one. I tell you, you know, I'm going to tell the audience right now, do you know getting reviews on iTunes is harder than mining Bitcoin? Oh yeah, it's difficult. It's honestly one of the hardest things I've ever done. Like you say this fucking thing every week (laughs) and I I check the reviews, you know. Nothing. And so, and there's one person who had the gall Mm. to give us a like a decent review and then i look at the stars they said oh yeah decent show or whatever and i look at the stars three stars yeah that is strange bastard. yeah i know so, some people some people think that that maybe they have a different opinion on, on what's a good score like like maybe five for them is like i don't know pull the car over stop what you're doing i don't know like i, I don't even give I've, i don't even give uber drivers three stars even the ones that have almost like got got us into accidents, I feel sorry for them. Like, and you should feel yeah, sorry for yeah. us. So give us a review <laughs> and give us stars, okay? Thank get you. Out, I'll get at my tiny violin. Yeah, <laughs> play on. Melody Rachel is a theatre maker, producer, and podcaster. She has an upcoming show in the Sydney Fringe Festival, which is called Demo. Her podcast is called You Know I, and you can find it on YouTube and everywhere. You can find it on YouTube and everywhere else you get your podcasts. Melody, welcome to the New Flash. What's up? <laughs> I want Ricky to keep that in, by the way. He screwed up that bio, that tiny little bio. I'm saying this now so he cannot edit it out. Okay? Uh, I'm, I'm pretty tricky. I can edit. I, I can cut around it. I think you probably can. Who just edit out you saying that? That's, I know. <laughs> it's like trying to argue with the artist drawing. You're, just create, you're creating more work for me. Stop it. <laughs> All right. Well, Me- Melody, uh, welcome to the show. Uh, I, got, I, got, I don't know where to start, really. First thing, first things, Ricky and I were talking before the show because you know you're in the theatre. Can you explain this one to me? And this is this is this has plagued me for the longest time. So you do your show, and the audience, you know, it's probably the opening night or something, and the audience does their clapping, and then there's usually a group of spirited young things. They do a certain type of clapping. It's not just this. It's above the head and forward of the face. It's this high clapping. Have you ever seen this? And they usually well, like hooping. a standing ovation kind of clap. Well, they could be standing, but they but it's, <laughs> it's kind of like oh oh, and it's like and then maybe a shake of their head. Yeah, they're ecstatic. They're ecstatic, and they. Oh, can, I, <laughs> I have a sneaking suspicion that they might be fellow actors. Yes, yes. Is I this would, a type of actor <laughs> clap? <laughs> I think so. I think so. I mean, I think we all, as artists, we all. We all um, know how the other artist enjoys an applause, so we probably really amplify it up. Like it's for not them. A, the boomers <laughs> never do that. The boomers don't do that high clap, you know. Nah, no, they don't even clap. No. <laughs> <laughs> no, they, they, they fall asleep. They fall asleep. They cough during. Maybe that's just from my theatre. You know, they're the ones who are you know usually coughing throughout the entire show. Yes. But but don't don't you think the actors and the and the production need some honest feedback? You know that's kind of you know misrepresenting some in some cases could be misrepresenting the show. I mean, look, I've never not received a clap from fellow actors, but that might have something to do with the kind of art I make. 
<laughs> but, <laughs> but like, I think it comes after. Do you know what I mean? Like your skin is not thick right after the performance, right? And even if you didn't enjoy the production as a whole, if, if you only liked a bit of it, I think I made a really garbage show last year. And um, this director that, that came to it that I really admired, she just said to me at the end, she was like, oh, I... I just really loved your work with the audience because I did a bit of work with the audience, but I'm like, yeah, the, the show was garbage, but like, you're not going to say that right after the show. Um, and maybe it's just a politeness thing. Like that's good. That's good feedback though, because they, 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 <laughs> they were honest and they provided you a, a, a good, they said you made a good contribution in this part of the show. That That's honest, you know? Um, and you both knew what was going on in the moment. Whereas if someone came, when someone comes up to you and says, "Oh, darling," oh, the hair that does two air kisses side <laughs> either side and says, "That was the best thing I've ever seen." That you, was great. That was great. What was great about it? Oh, oh, yeah. There is definitely a bit of fakeness about it, I guess. The the other hard thing is when someone who's put on the show, maybe you or someone else, uh, and their friends have come to see it, and you ask them straight away, "What did you think of the show?" Like directly after they've seen it, before they can process it and think about it, and that's when they kind of stammer and don't know what to say, and you know that can be a bit disheartening too. Oh, it was good. It was good. Well, it's sort of like asking how how someone is, right? How are you? Oh, I'm great. Like it's yeah. just this automatic um, response thing. Yeah. Well, I I once went to a show at the Malt House. Now, what was it called, John? I think you saw this too. It was about it was about uh, Mary Magdalene, I think. What was? Oh goodness, yes. Yeah. What was that called again? That was called the the oh, something of Mary. Anyway, didn't, it that was a Pamela, one, didn't that have Pamela Rabe in it? Yeah, someone big, and it was a one woman show. And there was a guy in front of me who literally fell asleep and was snoring like the loudest you've ever heard. <laughs> and and the show the show was boring. Was he a boomer? Probably, yeah. He was old yes. enough. Yeah. Yes, he was. He was that way inclined. But but she was. She's such a pro. I think she um, incorporated it, didn't she? And she sort of acknowledged it at one point. No, not. I don't think so. Did she? I made that up in my head. <laughs> uh, well, <laughs> so you can the, cut that bit out. Cut that bit out. So, Melody, so much to cover today. The first question I have is: Have you experienced any racism in Australia? Because you know, you're a bit Kiwi in that. You guys are funny. Um, in Australia, well, I've only been here for two years. So no one ever says go back home or anything? Go back home. Nah. <laughs> Shit, man. I was just not expecting that question. You'll be right. You'll be right. Just, But seriously, just don't do any crimes because that Racism. We'll, Have I we experienced? Do, we do send people to, back to We don't care if you were literally a baby. We will send you back to New Zealand like... The, the slightest thing. Mm. You know, I ex probably experience it when I go back home to see my friends. They're like, oh, you sound like an Aussie. You're one of them now because i got a bit of a twang in my voice. But, no, nah, I'm, I'm privileged. <laughs> <laughs> well, perhaps you could give us an insight into your, into your background. You know, what's, what's your story? You, you know, why are you in Australia? Yeah, so I, I mean, the economy is a lot better over here, I guess, um, and it's just a Kiwi thing right? Kiwis move to Australia. Australians don't go to New Zealand. Um, but I started making, I actually started making theatre in Australia. So I lied when I said I'd only been here for two years. I've actually, I was here for four years and then I went back to New Zealand for the pandemic and then I moved over here again two years wow. ago. So six years with a two-year break. 
Um, so were you were you resigned to to leave New Zealand when you were here before the pandemic? Were you sort of like I'm here in Australia, and then you sort of had to go back? Oh, I was actually I was actually going back to take a theatre show back to New Zealand, oh. and then just by chance, um, yeah, the pandemic hit like two weeks after I two weeks after I closed, and I was like, I guess I'm going to stay here then. Trapped. And two years later, wow. Yeah, well, you would have been trapped here. I mean, it would be—it's almost the same experience, right? Yeah. Well, we had a we had a hard and fast lockdown, but then we had like freedom. Like we were clubbing when you guys were, <laughs> were still sitting down at clubs. You know what I mean? Um, so I probably got the best best version of it. And then I left. I think I left during that like the last lockdown, which was like four months. Um, came over here, and here we are. But yeah, ever, ever since I've been in Australia, like this is where I've been making um, solo theatre work. So when I was a bit younger, I had a dream of being an actor, as you do. And then I did some acting classes and I tried the on-screen stuff. I tried ensemble work, which is like group work, community theatre. Um, but when I was 25, I, I created my first one-woman theatre show and Ever since then, I've made one solo theatre show a year. So I'm 30 now, so I've made five five theatre shows, and I yeah, that's where my passion is. Oh wow! So you work. sort of found uh, there's some what, what it, well. The question is, what is it about that format, the one woman uh, format, uh, that that you like? Well, I really like. It's kind of like stand up comedy in a way, stand up comedy slash like performance art um, and dance. But I just to be honest, I think it's just easier. I, I make autobiographical work, so I, I'm telling my own story. So who better to tell my own story than me? And I love connecting with people and I love um, banter with the audience. A lot of my shows involve sort of audience interaction. Um, yeah, so it's just, I guess theatre is a tool to connect with people. So who, who better to do it than me, the artiste? <laughs> and, and and one thing you're avoiding is you're avoiding those shitty rehearsals where that one actor who always comes dressed in like a tracksuit with holes in it and looks kind of homeless, <laughs> who rocks up late and does this one, hey, when they walk into the room, you know, and then everyone goes, hey. Yeah. It's you like, know what? I think I worked we, with- We weren't waiting. We weren't waiting an hour for you. Don't worry about it. Yeah, I don't have to rely on other people. I don't have to worry about whether I don't like other people's ideas or whether they don't like mine. It's just a, it's just a one-woman show all around. Mm. Well, I, there's there's lots I want to get into about the theatre, but I think we, sh you know, maybe we should cover some some more of the personal stuff first, maybe, because um, we could personal. go, we could go, we could because because one of the and this is all part, this is all. Part of your part of your show, I think this year. Well, I think we should get you to talk about your show, perhaps, um, because am I correct in 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 your new show demo uh, that there's a is there a faith component in your show? A lot of my work, yeah. It um, the the theme is around identity. Um, so yeah, I'm a, I'm a Christian. Um, I'm also a lesbian. <laughs> so. Mm -hmm. For the last five What's years, that? you don't hear it anymore. A lesbian, yeah, right? It's a queer. Lesbian. Yeah, but the new word is queer, right? Um, yeah. I challenged that in my last show, but um, no, I'm not down with that. I'm I'm a lesbian. 
or gay. Maybe I'll just say gay. Um, and I, yeah, I have a relationship with Jesus and <laughs> trying to, trying to um, reconcile those two, but also draw some parallels between my experience because I, I grew up in a conservative, more of a conservative sort of Christian household. Um, and there's a, there's a sort of a, a set of rules and a, it's a belief system, right? Homosexuality is a sin. Go to church on Sunday. Don't drink. Save sex for marriage. Jesus is savior, right? This, this belief system that I was brought up with. And then going into the theater world, and I only realized this, this has only happened in the last kind of few years, um, because the theater world's always been sort of politically correct, right? Or um, the new word is woke, social justice, all those buzzwords, right? But, um, and some even say the religion of social justice. So there's, there's this belief system that comes in the arts. So this, this new view of gender, right? So trans women are women, you have a gender identity. Um, we, we look at people in terms of our group identities. So if you're a straight white cis man, you're scum of the earth. If you're a black trans woman, you deserve this opportunity over this person. Um, so I noticed this in the last few years and I was like, oh, this is, this is really religious. This is like what my upbringing was like and sort of trying to exist in both of these communities and even finding Jesus when I was you know, 25. So I'm still Christian, right? But just a different kind of Christian than the ones I grew up with, more of a spiritual kind of Christian. But existing in both of these communities, it's, it's alienating and it's polarizing and it's just this wrestle. Um, and then also trying to look at myself and thinking, I'm feeling polarized by other people, but also, am I polarizing myself? You, you. The, the question in there is, uh, is uh, uh, that came to me. You, you just said when you were twenty five. So how did you, how did you come to Jesus? Okay, <laughs> so I met. Um, yeah, it sounds very Christian. I met Jesus. What the fuck does that mean? Well, um, I think I think it means no. I think that's a hedge, and I think that means exactly what you said it means. And and so how how Jesus? Yeah, I'll explain it. So. Um, yeah, I kind of hit rock bottom when I was 25. Um, my life wasn't going great. Um, I have this weird thing about belief because, you know, I, I grew up in Christianity, right? So I always knew it existed, um, but I just wasn't following it. I always sort of had this internal knowing of like, Jesus, Jesus does exist, but I'm gay. And my whole life I've been told, well, you can't be gay and Christian. That's a sin, right? So why the fuck would I want to follow this dude or go into church buildings where I'm told I'm a, I'm a sinner, essentially, or what I'm doing is wrong or loving people of the same sex is wrong. But yeah, when I was 25, I hit rock bottom and I, I was like, fuck it. I'm going to start going to church. And yeah, I went to Hillsong Church, right? Um, and I was going and I, you know, I stopped drinking, right? Here, here, here's me thinking, oh, this is what Christians do. They, they, yeah, stop drinking, stop having sex, stop doing drugs. So I did all that and I was going to church and it was like three months of just going to church and not, not drinking, not, you know, not living the um, quote unquote worldly lifestyle, right? 
And I was in church and I just remember singing along to one of the worship songs and it was like, how great are you, God, right? Everyone sings, oh, God, you're so great. You're so great. And I was just like, what the fuck? <laughs> like, you're not great. I don't even know you. Like, I'm at church just singing a song about Jesus and I'm like, but I don't, I don't even know you. And that's when it became less about going to church on Sunday and more about or, or following like a belief system and a doctrine and more personal. Um, so <laughs> being a Christian to me or meeting Jesus actually means having his spirit dwelling within me. And about a year later, I like I started sleeping with girls again, right? Because I'm a lesbian. <laughs> um, and I just I thought that that would separate me from Jesus or like I wasn't a Christian or, or something if I have sex with girls. And but I just remember praying and I just whether it was in my spirit or it wasn't an audible voice, it was just something in me just said, I know you. And I just had this experience and I was like, oh, my God, I I'm having sex with women, but I know Jesus. And then just my my whole perspective on Christianity changed. And I was like you can actually be gay and be Christian. Like there's debate about whether homosexuality is a sin or not, but being a Christian is just having the spirit of God dwelling within you. That's what I mean when I say relationship with Jesus or met with Jesus. I don't mean I met the ghost of Jesus, right? Like he, he died on the cross so we could have his Holy Spirit in us. So it says all this in the Bible, right? Um, and it just blew my fucking mind. So, and I still being condemned and still to this day, like existing in the church. Yeah. Like you're, you're condemned. You're told, oh, you're a, you know, you're a sinner, but it's like, once you have that relationship with Jesus, it actually doesn't matter what Christians say or people in the church building say, because you're already, you're already accepted by Jesus, if that makes sense. I don't know if he, like, I, and this is what I'm on the fence about, so I don't actually fit in with the progressive Christian community either, because they're like, no, God affirms my sexuality. Like, I don't, I don't know. All I know is that I have a relationship with Jesus and I have sex with women. So there's the proof. <laughs> uh, a lot of non, non-faith people, non-Christian people, people who don't know much about Christianity, they, they would, would see, you know, that it's impossible to be lesbian and to be a Christian. But do, doesn't Christianity teach that we're all sinners and that, that this is, you know, that the, the tenets of the Bible is something that we're supposed to aspire to and something that's supposed to guide us and try and, you know, we, we, we're trying to aspire to be as good as we can be, but we're, we're always going to sin, right? Yeah, exactly. So it's like, yeah, whether it's a sin or not, <laughs> like, yeah, it says some shit in the Bible. It's got these vice lists, right? Like, don't be greedy, gluttonous, sexual immorality, homosexuality. Like, there's a debate whether the word homosexuality got put into the Bible in 1946. Like, there's movies about it. You know, theologians do all this kind of work. But for me, it's just like being a Christian is, yeah, like you said, having the Holy Spirit within you, convicting you of sin. Like, that's the Christian life. Um, and when I think about it, I'm like, fuck, there is like so much worse in me than being gay. So that should be the least mm. of anyone's worries. Yeah. Well, what do you think of, um, the, you mentioned it before, the, the progressive uh, sort of s sect within the church, which, which probably argue is, uh, arguably is 
quite uh was that the majority now like that the progressive wing progressive queer christians did they you, call themselves you, queer I'm, I'm thinking of like the, that whole the whole movement like so i guess the the, the most uh, acute version would be the pictures you see of of the priests with the 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 rainbow flag or not even the progressive flag cloth yeah. and like they're they're just they're they're, they're all in, you know. And well, well some some claim that Jesus was non-binary now. <laughs> I've seen that. Of course he was. Well, I mean, technically, he's a well old mate Jesus, like the the dude that lived on the earth. I think he was a dude, but the Holy Spirit, right? The the thing that we um, when we say we have a relationship with Jesus, that's what we mean. We mean the Spirit. I guess there is no gender, right? But I, I still use like he pronouns. But when he was in the <laughs> human form, he was a man. Yeah, he was a dude, yeah. An adult male human. I mean, look, this is my thing, right? Like people are people are getting caught up on – that just sounds political to me. But I suppose, yeah, I suppose gay but, Christianity because is – Because, we no, have I, to... I, because we, we said it a second ago, like like the, the beauty of him of, – of, the most wonderful thing about Jesus, and I know nothing, by the way. Let's just get that <laughs> out of the way right now. But but the but the most wonderful thing for me is the idea that is that in the it's the human part. It's not the man part. It's the human part, and it's that he was he had to deal with the um, that Jesus had to deal with the, the the horrors and the joys of being human, and the limitations of being human, and the temptations and all of that stuff. Isn't that isn't that yeah, the more know, important thing rather than <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> no. I mean, no, no, no. You do, you do. But the, but the idea is, yeah, he was a dude, a sinless dude. Um, I mean, the doctrine goes he took the punishment for the the sin that we deserve. I mean, sorry, he took yeah the punishment for sin, the punishment that we deserve, which I can't fully comprehend. Um, but I don't think any Christian can, and I think it's just a journey on trying to comprehend what actually happened. Um, but back to your question about progressive Christians, I've interviewed one, and this is just one guy, um, but he's revised the Bible, like he's revised his spirituality so much that it almost seems unbiblical. <laughs> like he doesn't believe in the concept of sin, that we're sinners. Um, he believes that God affirmed his gayness, like all, all all these, he doesn't believe in objective truth. <laughs> so I'm just like, yeah, you've got these fundamentalists on one end, right? They take the Bible so literally and they're like, yeah, fornication, no sex before marriage. These are the, you know, fornication is the worst sin, homosexuality, nah, you can't be gay and Christian, you can't do this. Some of them even think they're not sinners anymore. And I'm like, bro, <laughs> like, and then on the other side, you have these, yeah, hyper progressive queer Christians who I don't even know what they're following. Like, pagan. none of what they say is in the like. It's yeah, it's pagan peace rituals. And, <laughs> yeah, but I, I, I just I want to know what the truth is. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, like, and I feel like the it's all in the Bible. It's just our understanding of it can sometimes be distorted. Like, I think yeah, there is one truth, and people change the truth to suit themselves. Where yeah, I'm like what. What is the truth? Like, what is it? Um, and that's, we've got the spirit of truth within us. That's what we believe. Well, I, I love that we can talk about this topic on the show. We've talked talked about Christianity and faith with with a bunch of different guests. But, you know, today, if you were to do do that on a more mainstream platform like, like ABC's Q&A, ABC. I mean, you, you, you get laughed off 
off imagine, stage, you know. ABC. Imagine just like just having a car. Like everyone's trained. Everyone's trained to have to like if, to have to speak in a certain way about their about their faith. Well, not all faiths on ABC. There's a couple of faiths that you can speak you can speak very openly about, but uh, true. Christianity is not one of them, fortunately. Well, I was actually at a comedy show last night, and yeah, this girl read from this. She made this like Bible, and she's like, "Is anyone here a Christian?" And everyone just laughed. <laughs> like it's yeah, it's really not cool. But that's so nasty as well. I don't understand. Like, why? Why would you like? We live in a like. Let's face it. Like, but like, I mean, in the West, secular secularism has, for better or worse, has won. Okay, so you've won. Why would you be a sore winner? Why am I? Why have I got to sit there in all these shows? Like, like there was a time, uh, not that long ago, actually, a couple of decades ago, where you know the religious right was trying to ban Marilyn Manson and whatever, and and you you could sort of mock and ridicule them. But now I kind of miss those days. Now, I, now I that, absolutely you know. miss them. <laughs> <laughs> they should be banning Drag Queen Story Hour, <laughs> <laughs> right? Oh, I can't say that. <laughs> yes, yeah, so we have some questions about that later. Oh, oh. <laughs> actually, we said that I might need you to cut out. No, before we get before we get too far down the rabbit hole, we we should transition to into your show because this is part of your show, the, the faith. So tell us about about uh, your new uh, your fringe show. Yeah, my fringe show in three weeks. It'll be two weeks by the time you release this episode. Nineteenth of September. I'll just give the date. Um, I'm responding to. Like I said before, the the feeling of alienation, being being a lesbian and, and knowing Jesus, and also this concept of sin. So I'm not forming. Um, I wouldn't say the show is about. It's not about Christianity. It's it's responding to it. So whatever whatever um, I end up creating, it might not even be about Christianity. It's just it's just a response. Um, but yeah, it's a response to these these doctrines, set of beliefs from from what I've been told by Christianity, um, and then also yeah, the the LGBT community and the arts community. So it's I think I'm responding to belief systems and feelings of alienation, polarization, and I think I want to find our common humanity in all this. Like, what is it that unites us? I know what polarizes us, but what unites us? And I, yeah, I'm, I'm exploring that. I'm exploring that in the work. Yeah. So why don't you call the show uh, hashtag All Lives Matter? Isn't, <laughs> <laughs> isn't that a good title? I'm, I'm trying to help you, Melly. Just call maybe it all I, Lives maybe, Matter. Maybe I should, but maybe <laughs> I'd get cancelled. It is the arts that we're talking about here. Um, but they say no bad, no pub, wait, what, what is that saying? Bad there's no bad. There's no, there's no bad. bad publicity. That's right. Yeah. Well, but some some practical things though, because when people think about, because some people might, you know, uh, be coming to your show in Sydney, are they? Is, is it? What's the format here? Is it yeah, how, yeah, how does it go for? Is it in the round? Is it <laughs> outdoors? Is it indoors? Like what? What? What am I? Expecting the reason I the reason I'm not giving you much information is I've only like I'm still making it. That's okay. <laughs> yeah, <We're trying laughs> you're like so what's the show about? I'm like here, so I'm still know. trying to figure it out, man. Um, yeah, so it's fifty minutes, fifty minute solo show. It's just me. Um, it's called demo because I'm using the form of protest. So I'm interested in this idea of protest. So you will see that in the show. So whatever comes to your mind when you think protest. Pussy hats. Yeah. <laughs> um, whatever that 
that's yeah. in the show. So it's just me. It's solo. There will be some audience interaction. It's in Erskineville. For those who know Sydney, that's the suburb over from Newtown. Yeah, 19th oh, we, we of September. We know Newtown. Oh, you do. Which one of you is from I live Sydney? in Sydney. Okay. I live I'll, send, I'll send you some tickets. Please do. <laughs> really? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll definitely come on. We'll bring my, bring my wife. We like a night out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Well, sort of, uh, we're talking about about faith and sort of, uh, you know, religion. And, and and one thing I see is sort of a, a, a stand-in for a religion or something that's almost like a religious um, ritual is the Aboriginal acknowledgement. Oh, yes. And you, you mentioned to us prior to this interview that the Sydney Fringe Festival was requesting that you play a pre-recorded Indigenous acknowledgement before your show. Requesting? Yeah, requesting or requiring... I'm not sure. What, they what said are your requesting, so that's probably one underneath requiring, right? But it's almost synonymous. Um, yeah, I mean, it's even got the didgeridoo in it. I mean, it's not the worst. I listened to it. Um, so usually acknowledgements of country are pretty standard now in Australia, like even on Jetstar flights and stuff. The arts will take it a step further by adding in always was, always will be Aboriginal land, sovereignty was never ceded. We're all on stolen land. You don't get that on the Jetstar flights. Um, but no, the pre-recorded one is just the the standard. And I'm umming and ahhing about it because I personally believe it's kind of like, and this might change in a week or something, but right now it it feels like lip service. Like if I'm not yeah. doing anything to help uplift Aboriginal people, what's the point in doing a land acknowledgement or is that the least I could do since I'm not doing anything? Are you allowed to suggest something else? So what if you uh, instead got up and said, we're not going to do that and we're going to make a donation to a, an Indigenous charity or you're going to volunteer somewhere or just tell people to give their time somewhere or something? That's a, Yeah, that's probably a better idea. But now I'm wondering if I do that, am I posturing? Very, very self-analytical. Um mm. Well, no, but this is this is this is an issue. This is an important issue. Uh, I can maybe you know give you a couple of examples from from our two very divergent examples from our podcast. So because this oh, yeah. comes up, this comes up a lot. Okay. So maybe I give should I give the high octane one first, Ricky? Go for it. All right. Well, now this is uh, from Jason D Hill, a conservative uh, thinker on our, uh, uh, he his argument on, on land acknowledgements and this is what he would say he doesn't believe in them because he says that this is his language <laughs> he says that uh, there was a land war and you are a conquered people and uh, the, the through a, a range of treaties uh, and and bartering and you know, resource. It was a it was a fight for resources, and you lost. And this is where it's at. Okay, so there is no such thing. This is not stolen land. So this is where it's at. That's what he would say. Now, on the other side of the spectrum, on the far on the on the far left, former Maoist Norman Finkelstein says of land acknowledgements. I I, I informed him that I received a book um, of his that had a, a land acknowledgement uh, bookmark that came with it. You know, just just in case I ever needed to. Just read it out by myself, wherever I was, um, and which I might do, you know. Uh, and I said that I told him this, and he he said at one point he well he he gave a great analogy. He said um, of land acknowledgements, he said that we should cut the shit and get on with important things. And his point is, 
um, there's no excuse for stolen land. Don't go there. He goes, don't go there. If you need, if you believe, because if the land was stolen and you're on there and you're, and, and, and so there's no apology, just don't go there. So if you 100% believe that, that you are on stolen land, um, don't, don't perform there, for instance, you know? So if you believe it, if you, if you believe 100% in, in, in everything that's being said, then um, there's, no, there's no apology to be made. It's like, just don't go, we can't go to the land. Like, it's, we either give it back, pay rent or whatever. Like, like yeah. I don't know. Go back to New Zealand? Yeah, yeah go back to New Zealand. Oh, that's stolen too. Go back to the fucking UK. <laughs> yeah. I mean, what do you, they're very, they're very, you don't, they, they, you don't have to respond directly to those things, but what, 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 what do you think? I think it's interesting. I think they both seem to be saying, well, they both are saying don't acknowledge the land, right? Well, as in the, the the guy on the left, like don't, as in don't don't do a land acknowledgement, don't go there. And then the conservative guys like, well, don't do a don't do a land acknowledgement. It's stupid. So they're both saying don't don't do lip don't. service. Is what yes. they're saying. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's I had a conversation with someone about this the other day in the arts. I mean, because I'm linking it all to fucking everything, like even the the pronouns and the email signatures, right? Or the, and you're introducing, you, you we introduce each other. With, with our pronouns and the and the arts, right? We go na- go around in a little pronoun circle. Um, so I'm just like this this whole thing. I'm merging it all together. But she she's like, nah, that's different. It's different. But I again, it's you get these kids in the arts like fucking walking around with this. They're living on stolen land merchandise, like yeah. these white people with these hats saying "always was Aboriginal land." You got these people wearing shirts like. Arts, all, all made in China, I'm sure. <laughs> in artist bios, I am a, yes. I am a, it's, I am like a queer artist. Yeah. Living and working on stolen land. I'm making my theatre on stolen land. Like it just. What are you doing about it then? Very disingenuous yeah. to me, Honestly, and I'm like, give it back. Honestly, like don't don't go <laughs> right? there. Don't like smash it up. Let's smash it all up. Like like, and and I'm not being facetious. I think the only honest way you can you can do this, if you say the words. You need to do something about it. And I, I don't even know where I stand anymore. But I know that, like, the Malthouse Theatre getting up and saying all this crap, if they believed it, smash it up and give it back. Honestly. Mm. Like, like, what's wrong with that? Isn't that the most awesome thing you can do if you 100% believe it? What are you really saying? He says, and Norman Finkelstein's great example was, he goes, so now try and help me out here ricky didn't he say that like if you you know you evict you you evict yeah, if if you're no if your best friend got evicted from or or if you're yeah if if you knew someone who was evicted from a house and then your friend ended up you know living in that house later on you wouldn't not visit that house because it you know someone was evicted and now your friend is in there i mean you would still <laughs> go and you'd still go and have dinner with him in his house you wouldn't walk around and go what are you doing on this this is stolen property or whatever no no i thought his example was more like he he goes if he goes if you were you know coming over and giving a you know you're living in the house now and then yep. and then inviting the former occupant over to the house and then uh, getting, doing them acknowledgement. To, getting them to sit at the table yes. and then you saying doing an acknowledgement that it used to be theirs yeah is is insufficient you know it's not appropriate and insufficient so when you put it in those terms um it makes these and the arts community seems to be so riven with this this hypocrisy and um this they're so limp-wristed about this 
They're such wimps. Do something about it. I'm excited. Do something about it. Smash it up. Destroy it. Let's do it. Let's well, I'm, 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 yet, you know? I'm yet to meet someone in the arts who's actually gone to a remote community and actually seen what's <laughs> like out there or volunteered or even traveled out there. You know, it's yeah. always people Or just in, any in activist. Well, most of them. I mean, and, and, and back, back to religion, it, it's maybe this is my own thing, but growing up in religion, but it's like, yeah, saying a nice prayer at the dinner table, but then treating you like garbage. That's what mm. most activists do. Mm. You know, hashtag, what are your pronouns? Black Lives Matter, land acknowledgement, but they're assholes. Anyway, I got you docked <laughs> last night, you know. <laughs> like, they're just, they're, they lead a, a horrible hate campaign against you, you know, yeah. the activists, but they're mm. saying be kind. On the other, yeah, on the hand. yeah. We're inclusive, mm. but we'll exclude you if you don't agree with us. Yeah. Um, seems to be the way. I, I don't think I've ever heard an acknowledgement in the presence of an Indigenous person either, which is kind of weird. It's always just white people standing around doing these acknowledgements, you know. Um, and the biggest problem I have with them is they're just so boring, you know, smoking ceremonies, welcome to country, the whole deal. They're just a snooze fest, you know. <laughs> I, I want some entertainment. I want some pizzazz, you know, some some tap dancing perhaps. Yeah. You know, John, you, you'd be into that. You, you like a bit of tap. I like a bit of tap. Oh my but... god, this is so fucking dangerous. Nah, I well, what? Well, one more thing. I just like I don't know, but I, I suppose I don't know. Why not just go along with it? It's customary. Everyone's doing it. Well, why should I even question this? Like, but but thirty second thing. But to to be serious, I actually think this is a very divisive thing. You know that that sticker that says "always was, always will be." I think that's the other side of those coins you see on Utes that say "fuck off, we're full." You know, basically, <laughs> you basically you're saying that. This is not your land. It will never be your land. It's Aboriginal land and you should go away. And and it's like John said, I mean, if you truly believe that, whatever your heritage was, you should go back there. You know, if you're from somewhere in Europe, you should go there. Is that just your interpretation of it though? Because I'm just trying to challenge you here. Like that, that seems to be what conservatives say. Like, oh, that, that's how you're reading it. And I think well, I read it. it, it I read it very, like that. But Yeah. It's a very closed statement. You know, always was, always will be. So there's no way forward so that we can we can get past the, you know, indigenous people and, you know, others. You know, there's no way we can come together and all be Australian. You know, that's right. what it's saying. Forgiveness. But what about the what about the land acknowledgement that doesn't have always was, will be, will always always was, always will be. Sovereignty was never ceded. Because there's the land acknowledgement that just stops as past, present, and future. We would like to acknowledge. I don't even know it. It's so no, bad. No, that's, that's, <laughs> I just, that's one of the problems too. Is that that we've never sat down and gone. This is what we're doing, and it's constantly evolving. And different different organisations put their own spin on it. They they add things. They take things out. Like yeah, you're talking about the mild version, but it's constantly evolving. And there's no one that's kind of sitting there, you know, asking the question. Like imagine being imagine who's being coming up with this, the, giving notes. Imagine giving notes on the on the welcome country. <laughs> I don't think there's been one note session on a, on a, on a welcome country ever, by the way. But but the problem is, and I know this, we'll get off this radioactive topic in about two seconds, but the problem is that this is tied up with government. And you know what? Um, uh, I, I, I read, we've been joking around a little bit, but, but Indigenous history is absolutely fascinating and, and, and beautiful. And, and, you know, when I, and I read this uh, book by Thomas Keneally about Australia and he begins, you know, it, it, you know, within Indigenous, uh, Indigenous history at the beginning. And it was just amazing. And I was, and I, and I read it and I was, I was engaged and I was like, man, you know what, we don't get any of this, this really great earnest history. What we get is pro forma um, sort of government uh, mandated 
nonsense. And and that's why it's that's when Ricky says it's boring, it's because it's 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 like being at primary school. Like you just we're just saying the words, we're all falling asleep. It's not it's the exact opposite of of being engaged with with someone's culture. And um so uh yeah, I, I don't know I don't know how we fix that. And the problem is that the arts is is I mean, why is this issue just like all the other social justice, why why is the arts I mean, there's a lot of things I want to say here, but Shouldn't they be? Why don't you just make a fucking show about it? Why don't you make a show about it? Why don't you write a book about it? Why don't you do some drama about it? Why don't you tell a story about it? Why have you got to get up? Do you know the dumbest thing you can do is 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 uh, you know tell don't show. That is the dumbest thing you can do in the arts. And why is the arts in love with with that? They like all of the instructions and all of the trigger warnings and all of the, oh, the things that getting me ready for it. And then I get in there and go, oh, for God's sakes, just let yeah. me check off play. Just it's been around for a hundred years. Just let me enjoy it. Shut up. <laughs> I'm still trying to I'm still trying to um yeah work that out especially with the trigger warnings right but I think there's a good intention but like let's let's like disability access right we never we never we never did any of that 5 or 10 years ago right we 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 didn't care so it's like oh no let's yeah let's really um put put at, like access what is it access requirements on the event like let's make sure we're we are including this group of people or let's make sure we're um you know what's another thing like they just overcorrect though right mm. like let's start celebrating bigger bodies right like yeah i, I like a fat like a fat chick like you know <laughs> a voluptuous girl like <laughs> no but it's like it, 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 it's it's gonna i be like a fat chick but it's just a response to this, I don't know, more conservative traditional society that just didn't allow for any of this. But it's just Douglas Murray talks about it. I'm sure you're familiar with Douglas Murray, the train that's just about to pull into the station and then it just like zooms off out of, out of course and just smashes. Um, so instead of celebrating, you know, but, but, but we, we, we're celebrating obesity now. This is so frustrating, Melody, <laughs> because, like... you know, <laughs> <laughs> just do a good show. Yeah. Just do a good show. I don't the the arts community and and maybe we can transition into arts in in, in Australia because I think there's a there's a, a massive problem with the arts and I and I suspect you might have your own issues as well. I would love to hear about them. But th all of this just seems like um uh you know, how much of the meeting do these do these people spend, you know, the middle and the upper management of these arts organizations? How much time do they spend talking about all of the accessibility stuff. Look, you've got a problem on the stage. Forget how people get there. No one's going to want to get there with the stuff I've seen in the last few years. I'll, tell you, I'll give you the tip. And this goes right up to the top. I've seen the most dreadful big budget Shakespeare productions uh, with, mired with all sorts of problems, miscasting, uh, token casting, which has destroyed the whole thing because they, they and which, is, which has probably damaged that poor actor's a career because they weren't ready for that particular uh, stage or something. You know, I mean, there's so many issues, and here we are. Um, you know, trying to get you know uh, everyone in. I mean, what, what what's your take? What, what what's what do you think the state of the of the of the of the arts uh, is in Australia? I just think. I, well, I think there's two different. Well, there's lots of different subcultures in the arts, right? So there's the big productions at the Opera House and whatnot, but in smaller arts communities. Yeah, there is there is a big focus on well, it's like radically left left wing political, right? 
Like mm. it's very, there, there's no wiggle room to talk about ideas outside of this ideological orthodox belief system. So I, I said some of this before, right? The, the, the view on race or, or gender or sexuality, how we're looking at people in terms of our group identity instead of individuals. I mean, I've every time I go to, to apply for something, it's like, what are your pronouns with a with a little asterisk? So you have to you have to put something. It's not optional anymore. You have to state what your mm. pronouns are. Like I usually just put a full stop. It's just a, um, or you know we encourage. I think I can understand we we encourage people. I think I can understand um, Aboriginal, right? But like, why why gay gay people or woman, like. Why? Or why? Why does it? Why do I have to state my sexuality when applying for an arts grant? T- hmm. Maybe thirty, forty years ago, or or um, my gender, my gender, whether I'm male or female. Like why? Th- those are the issues that I'm struggling with. That we're not we're not looking at. It's not a meritocracy anymore, and it can't fully be right. Like we've got to give people like opportunity. There was one um, theater that um, they did it on experience. So they were they would program a year and then they would have like four stages like inexperienced artists and then sort of mid mid career artists and that like they would share it around that's a great way to share it around mm. right we can't just have the yeah. experienced people in like we need to give people an opportunity but when it's like oh we want a woman and then it's or or gay people like it's just straight white men need not apply that's yeah. the issue um, and then the the political ideology, like the the only politics that are acceptable in the arts, is yeah this this sort of man hating feminism, this weird view of gender that we've got. You know, you're not you're not um, gender nonconformity is not a natural variation of sex. It's now completely disconnected. Like you're not a you know, if you're gender non-conforming, you're just not a woman anymore. I quite often get asked, you know, what are your pronouns and like, what do you, what do you? And um, I actually got lambasted a couple of years ago by the people I was working with. I created a show called "I Want to Be Mark Wahlberg," and it it was about feeling disconnected from my identity as a woman because I didn't fit feminine stereotypes. You know, I've, you know, being called a man when I was younger, or being called a beast, or even today, like I work with kids and they're like. Are you a girl or a boy? Because I dress a bit boyish, right? It's just, all those experiences can make you sort of feel like less worthy of womanhood. So what I was interested in doing is expanding the box of womanhood, you know, which has already sort of been done, but it's like we're reversing it now. Maybe you just um, need to transition. I don't see <laughs> yeah, yeah, well, yeah, but I ended up mentioning a feminist. I'm sure you're familiar with her. Her name's Germaine Greer. Oh, yeah. Um, and, 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 Yo, transphobe, perf, hate, hateful, hateful woman. Yeah, um, probably wouldn't be where I am today if it wasn't for her and you know many contributors. But yeah, la- told that we don't want to work with you unless we politically align. So it's like, again, why do I make solo work? Probably because I don't politically align with anyone in the arts. <laughs> like, That's what I was getting at at the beginning. When, when you said, you, you, why, why have you been drawn to the, the one-woman show? That... Uh, <laughs> That that that's the 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 real sticking point, isn't it? That mm. you have to because yeah. you know the the sort of uh, feeling out you have to do uh, of of people to figure out where they're at and whether they accept they'll accept your 
heterodox or, or unorthodox uh, uh, point of view in the arts is it's difficult. Only, it's, it's only people in the arts that care. It's like, okay, we've got a different view of gender. It's like, oh, now we can't work together. And I hang out with people that think homosexuality is a sin. Like I'm really good friends with some people that, <laughs> I mean, obviously they don't say it to my face. Like it's how they treat me. We have a different view. We have different theology, but we treat each other like human beings. In the arts, it doesn't fucking matter. If I, uh, if I don't think that, uh, you know, if I don't think trans women are women, I'm a just how I treat people doesn't matter. Can you just whisper that. Sort of <laughs> <laughs> no, I still hear you. <laughs> you can't swallow it. But if I don't believe that. Um, you know, I am privileged because I'm white or I'm, you know, I, 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 I actually on that, I do believe I have am privileged because I'm white, but it doesn't exist in a vacuum. You know, there's all these other privileges or I don't believe men have it better than me, or I don't believe I'm marginalized because I'm gay or it's, it's about your beliefs. It's, it's not about how, how we treat each other. It's like, you can have all the right beliefs, but treat people like garbage and you're just elevated. It's insane. Well, well, that 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 example you told of sort of that tiered system where where shows were like categorised as like you're you're an emerging artist or something and you're mid mid level or advanced or whatever. I think I think that's really good because it cuts across race, it cuts across gender. Uh, I, I guess maybe yeah, it's it's more about what what stage of life you're in and what experience you have, and it's more individualistic in that way. So I I quite like that idea, but. Something that, that that John has brought up a couple of times is a quote, and and John, you have to correct, you know, uh, tell me who who this was from. I can't remember, but you you were saying that um, if you can tell the politics of a film or a piece of cinema, it's it's not a good piece of cinema. Like you you want to leave that cinema not knowing what the politics of the director was or the story. You know, I mean, John, where where does that where does that quote come from? I forget now. I, I heard it recently, and I, and I think it's gorgeous. And um, it to me, you know, it should be all mixed up. Like if you're telling political art, because um, the thing is, even see, because people go, oh, oh, it's always been political, and you go, yeah, but at the end of like even Oliver Stone, who's who's uh, very very political, he has said out of his own mouth, yeah, I'm a dramatist. So he's a dramatist. So and I and my and my wife's in in the game as well, and she has said to people now outright to, to writers that she's hiring and whatever and she says you know I want I want um, you know writers I want artists not not activists or, or I want dramatists not activists you know because this this is this is the the only political philosophy you need to have in the arts you need to you, you need to think of the audience remember them remember the audience <laughs> they never talk about the audience in the arts especially in Australia they never ever talk about the audience think about that think of the narcissism of that this is show business. It's the audience. You're you got a really clear job. You're a, it's a, it's you're a dramatist, not an activist. If you're an activist, you are compromised. And we can always tell. We can always tell because if you if you you need to tell the truth, you know, just like Gavin McGuinness just said in our podcast, he said, "Tell the truth even when it's difficult." And that's what the truth is. And that's why when you see a movie um, or a read a book or, or see a play or whatever that that unwaveringly tells the truth, where, where it hurts, it kills you, like Sophie's Choice, right? It just kills you. It just goes, yeah, yeah, this is how it would play out. Or or I, I think you could think of any anything, like or here's a, anything that Lars von Trier has ever done. You know what I mean? 
like just he just goes there he just says yep this is how it'll play out or whatever whereas if you are political then you will uh when it suits you you will come to the t-junction and rather than do what's right for the story rather than what's right for the characters you will take a left turn and you'll go well and no no pun intended <laughs> and you will go oh isn't collectivism great isn't uh isn't hillary clinton great isn't she a boss bitch aren't boss bitches great and then everyone's like wait what like what are you doing so uh, you know and i mean what's your what's your take on 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 some of that melody well it's interesting what you're saying again it just reminds me we're just regurgitating ideas back to each other because the art world that i'm in i'm not sure if you're familiar with performance art or contemporary performance or yeah i guess theater but not like plays like um i don't know how to like live art theater do you know what i mean like the the consumers of that kind of theater are just other artists yeah, like 80 percent of your your audience in those spaces is just other artists and you're just regurgitating your ideas back to each other i don't i mean i've kind of i'm trying to shift now to stand-up comedy because i just think it's much more accessible you can be you can be anywhere on the i mean within reason i guess but and and you'll have different audiences at different venues and and people will know you but it's just like yeah if you're going to a live art show and you're watching two women kind of get naked and like strip tease to say fuck the patriarchy tell me more (laughs) (laughs) no but it's like i'm a fucking lesbian like i if i wanted to watch a porno or go to a strip club like i would just do that i don't you're not even acknowledging biology here like you're you're yeah, it's a weird, it's again, a weird way of thinking. Like I should be able to rub my tits. I should be able to get naked. And if you get turned on, that's because we live in a patriarchal society that denigrates women's bodies. And I'm like, bro. I never like- get put in my place that way. What show is this? <laughs> okay, the ones where we get, where, where, where we get oh, our I'll send you to. the link. You can book tickets later. That's like a good show. Yeah, it is. It is. It is just regurgitating. We are regurgitating ideas. And and back, what do you think about this other. idea? Because I and now you don't have to get yourself in any more trouble than you've already got yourself into. Yeah, you're, you're a bit regretting you came on the show. But 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 but, <laughs> but we had, we had a bit of a flip through some of the some of the offerings at, at the fringe. And I'm not here to denigrate anyone's particular show. Everyone's get, get you know it takes a lot of courage to get up on the stage and and to do to do it, say what you got to say. But um, just generally speaking, like like a, a very very broad, I would just say you know I, I was just. I'm just hungry for dangerous ideas. I'm hungry for risky, challenging, dangerous. You know, I'm trying to think. What was the last dangerous show you saw? One where you went and you, and you were like, "Oh my god, what a what a what a!" Like you could feel it shaking underneath you. Okay, I've got one in mind personally, but you know, what was the last one? This is really fucking sad because I can't even think of one. <laughs> We've got one. We you went, go first, we, and we I'll went think. To one, where was it? Was it in Theatre Works? It was the Theatre Works in St Kilda. Yeah, and this was a, I, this was an outrageous production called The Back Eye, and um, basically, so an adaptation of the of the of the Greek play, and um, it was done by this loose woman who I think had some sort of association with a, a was it like a school, a, a, an all girls school or something, and yeah. so it was a late high school production. And it was, they had this giant, like, it was like, it's hard to describe, just just fragments come to me. And they had like this giant head that appeared on stage. Wasn't it a mouth with a tongue? A mouth with a tongue. And all the girls 
it was so wildly inappropriate. All the yes. girls were just running around like in in states of undress and gyrating and and like just like there was it, it was it, it was like a sick demonic video clip. <laughs> really, was what it was. And but it was sort of like it had like Larry Clark like kids and bully like elements into it as well because it was so edgy it was like the sort of if it was a film margaret pomerantz would have loved it you know what i mean and um and it was colorful and we'd had walkouts people were just like it was the most shocking thing i'd seen in a long time like i was just watching it going how did she get this how did this get made this is so like just this is off the chain it was crazy like, i'd say I, you had I, a I top here yeah, top tier. Oh, you you did, did you? I, I did the um, high Was it a genuine Definitely. one? Yeah. Yes, that deserves high <laughs> clapping for sure. They, well, that's what theatre should be. If people are fucking walking out, like, whew. Yeah. Oh, well, you, you're talking about dangerous ideas of come to my show. <laughs> oh, I'm going to pump it up. I'll pump it up and just say, yeah. Well, go um, for it. Like, I think, I feel like, I think that, that, um, I mean, what do you think? I mean, you've got no choice, really. Like, I mean, we're, Ricky and I have been in the doldrums for a few years now about art because, you know, we've done some theatre and everything. And we've come across the same problems that, that you have. And it's been really dispiriting and really awful. And, and you sort of just get encircled by um, rather mediocre mean girls and boys and uh, who are all, um colluding to to sort of keep you out i know what that sounds like but um and and therefore you right you the only way through mr through is to smash through and to do dangerous work i mean you've you just got no choice yeah and i think i think i feel hopeful for the future i think people are slowly starting to realize that yeah these ideas are these ideas are crazy there's an organization in america they're called fair in the arts Mm. Um, but they sort of elevate more liberal values like diversity in thought and um, humanism, looking at each other in individuals. And I've connected up with a few of them. Um, there's no one, yeah, no one here so far. I, I'm still, look at me. I seem to be the on only one, but I just, yeah, I don't really know anyone else who thinks like this in the arts world. So if you're out there, <laughs> we, should get the, we, should, we should start the fair in the arts chapter here. I don't know. I feel like we should. Get we should. Oh, so you know, do you, do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, I, I reached oh. out to Fair you years said chapter. ago. Yeah. Like, like, you know, to ask if there was an Australian one and they said no. They did the same yeah. thing. Yeah. yeah. Went, oh. Well, I'm, I'm almost convinced that most actors and, and people making theatre, like, like the theatre is an excuse just to have a good time and to have the dinner parties after the wrap and to have a role. To yeah. Have hacky a mulled sack. wine, yeah, a bit of hacky sack, like that it's more of a social thing rather than a, a making of the art, you know. And I've been in situations where ludicrous stuff happens, like, you know, working on this theatre show that, 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 that mildly references fishing or, or the guy's a fisherman, but, but there's not really any fishing in the show. But, and then, then the organisation organises a weekend away for cast and crew to go fishing and to stay at this fucking cabin somewhere. Ricky didn't go. I'm like, you know, yeah, I didn't go. <laughs> And I was not. Find me up. I think I think they didn't care much for me after that because I, you know, I was seen as not a team player or something. But I was just interested in doing the work, you know, making good sound design and and good music, and then going home and being with my family. You yeah, know? but we I can't mean, do inappropriate flirting. <laughs> well, that's that's the other thing. That, that, you know, I mean, home, we, had, we can't like you know. We've had the whole hashtag Me Too movement, but I saw so much inappropriate like flirting and, and, and people that like had partners outside of the theatre too. And it was just kind of an excuse to 
I don't know, like like almost have cos cosplay a second girlfriend or boyfriend or something. It's it's weird. Yeah, their their behavior doesn't match what they're verbally stating a lot of the time. And I could say the same with religion. <laughs> Always bring it back to religion. But, but say one in, thing, but but at least in religion, like like you know, they accept there is a moral you know, standard, and they're there's trying. a standard that yeah yeah that they're aspiring to, and and they accept the fact that they're they're all sinners, whereas. You know, with the arts. Well, that's what I mean. How I can say I can hang out with people who think homosexuality is a sin, but I can't seem to have a conversation with people that just because I have a different view of gender. You know, I think maybe the distinction we need to make in the arts is not whether, you know, forget politics. It should be whether you're interesting or not. And if you're boring, how much you can go and fuck off? and then and because you shouldn't be in the arts and that i think that's a better distinction because isn't that fair enough everyone in the arts is interesting like if you're in the arts and if you're boring then you're probably political you're probably you probably think you're edgy but you're really actually very mainstream in the arts like like you know to be, frank, to be frank some of this some of the stuff in the Fringe Festival. It should be called the Sydney Mainstream Festival from some of the stuff I've seen. I was like, mm, come on now. That's not fringe. That's not very fringe, is it? Uh, if Dan Andrews is talking about it, then it's it ain't it ain't fringe. So <laughs> it's uh, you know, I just feel like that's probably a better distinction. And 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 I know that sounds brutal, but you know what? The arts, Melody, what do you think? I know you seem like a, a really caring person, but is that do you think the the arts is is there should be so many participation trophies i mean everyone should be able to do what they want but at the end of the day the arts let's be real it's an elite sport this is an elite sport it's show business like and if you you got to get bums on seats i don't care whether it was 1600 or you know you got to get bums on seats i, I mean we, we should have get let people play around the, the edges but it's got to be edgy enough to bring people in yeah but that doesn't suit them i mean it's got to be a quote-unquote safe space for them so so no this 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 yeah it's a a prohibition a space of prohibitions (laughs) i mean look there's some truth to truth to that you know no homophobia no sexism no racism no but i think just when it's listed off like that it's it's like it's just should just be a given like but then maybe that's a backlash to people that have been i don't know racist sexist homophobic whatever i mean yeah like i said the intention is there um it's a good intention but it's just been overcorrected so much that it's just so alienating and it's just it's insular it's an insular environment and no one wants to no one wants to go in there because because of that now we've got a couple of questions left do you have to run do you have to race no okay just just checking because i i i, I never want to keep going and then people go like we've had people go i have to go right now and it's like- <laughs> Yeah, close the laptop and they're gone. Oh. And then, yeah, so, anyway. so, because we wanted to ask you about your uh, your your podcast as well. Oh so, yeah, yeah. So, uh, which is a whole a whole other deal. So, so talk to us about your podcast. You know, why did you start it, and and what are you trying to explore? Well, I think yeah, because what we've been talking about is the alienation, right? Feeling like I don't connect with any of um any of these ideas in the arts. So, I was actually listening to podcasts that opened my mind up. I think the first podcast that I really got into was Barry Weiss, honestly. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. And then this expands us out to the sort of heterodox world, right? So we're, um, it's a counter, counter cultural ideas that just opened my mind. And I'm like, ah, that's why, or Jordan Peterson, you know, like that, I'm like, ah, that's why this, 
this idea doesn't make sense because of this. I am um, going to go clean my room. <laughs> <laughs> or like the, the feminist movement was just, it's so, um, yeah, they, they pluck all these ideas out without taking into consideration. Like I said before, the idea of privilege, we're not acknowledging all these other ideas. So yeah, being in the arts, I was like, these ideas don't make sense. And then listening to these intellectual thinkers, I kind of, I was able to understand why. Um, and then to start start the podcast was just to, oh, well, I can listen to podcasts. Why don't I, why don't I curate my own and start talking about talking about these ideas that don't make sense or that it's sort of counter to the mainstream narrative. Um, I also, I question, yeah, I, I do talk a lot about being gay and Christian on the podcast as well. Um, it's just another, it's just another avenue to get myself out there, get my story out there and create, right? Do, Act, like do, I said. Do, uh, does anyone in the arts know you have this podcast? <laughs> um, I don't think so, nah. <laughs> and they don't ask because they're constantly talking about themselves anyway. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, I think I do. I, I mean, there's one coming up. I interviewed this this trans guy. Um, it's called the Offensive Tranny. So he's like, you know, not the mainstream. He calls himself transsexual, not transgender. So it's like I'm I'm scared to put that out there. Or I um I interviewed this gender critical feminist. Actually, you guys have had her, Holly Lufford Smith. Yes. I yeah. thought people would go ballistic, but they but didn't. She's Kiwi. Yeah, yeah, exactly, yeah, yeah. right? She's a minority. Yeah. She's a minority. I was thinking, not I was like, another Kiwi. <laughs> Taking our jobs. Um, <laughs> but I don't know. I think maybe the maybe the environment in New Zealand was more more insular. I think over here, since it's bigger, like there's, there's more people here. I mean, my experience in the arts in Australia is much better than my experience in the arts in New Zealand. Um, mm. I mean, you, I'm sure you saw that like Posey Parker Thing oh, yeah. and yeah, we, we yeah. Saw, I knew yeah, half they, of those people. <laughs> like, I'm just like fucking hell. Um, I was watching it live. The um, the the Melbourne one. Ricky, you were at. Yeah, I was there. Did yeah. you see the Nazis? I did. Yeah, they walked past me. Yeah, yeah. I, I didn't oh, know who they were until they. I, I had no yeah. idea. I thought they were Antifa or something. But it's it's people that I used to be friends with that would say like, oh yeah, fucking turfs, fucking this, and I'm like, oh my god, that's just not that's not what's going on. Like. How can, a, how can we even have a relationship? Um, so to sum up your question, actually, I think people in the arts do know that I'm doing the podcast. Um, but, like, yeah, it's another avenue to create and explore ideas that I haven't, I can't, haven't been able to discuss in the arts or I haven't created anything in a while. So now I can take these ideas that I'm exploring in the podcast and YouTube back into the arts and see what people say. That's great. And, and <laughs> it's, it's called, just for our audience, it's called You Know I, is that right? That's my podcast, yeah, but yeah. I think my YouTube's just Melody Rachel. And is there any specific uh, episodes or specific sort of, I hate to say the word lessons because it's not an after-school special, but, but like specific ideas or concepts that have come out of it that you've, that you've mulled over, over over the time? Um, I did one with a guy, his name's Angel Eduardo, and he's actually part of Fair in the Arts, and we were just talking about how to be compassionate to people without being subjugated by their ideas. And I, I, yeah, I've just been mulling over that because it's like, you know, the pronoun people, right? Like some of them are lovely, mm. some of them horrible. Yeah. <laughs> and they use it like as a power thing, like use my pronouns. But then some of them are just like these fairy, little fairy people that go to like festivals and I just want to give them a cuddle. And um, But yeah, he said it's when we criticize it, when we criticize these ideas, 
people are connected. People think we're criticizing them and not the idea. So I'm tr still trying to work out like, yeah, how can I be kind and compassionate when I think these ideas are so bad, hmm. but I don't think the people are bad. Um, so I'm keen to have more of those sort of conversations. Well, that that, that just reminds me of Peter Bogosian's book uh, that he did with James Lindsay called How to Have Impossible Conversations. Yeah, I've read it. He, yeah, yeah. He talks about similar things where, you know, if you if you do criticise the belief, you know, it's instantly taken personally as you're you're criticising the person. And he's got all these different tactics of of, of how you have a conversation about, uh, you know, opposing views or, or or difficult topics, and still sort of maintain civility and and actually move the conversation forward. You know, we've got to hook you up with uh, Peter's protege. We do. Reed Nice Wonder. So Reed is also from the arts. He's he's, he's He's American, and he was actually at the Sydney Let Women Speak. That he was set up doing a a street epistemology there, uh, you know. And I walked past him with my baby, and I was too frightened to engage. And, Peter um, was there as well, right? Peter Bogosian was there. He, he was in Sydney, oh, but so. was he at the thing? I don't know. I think I I, I definitely know Reed was there, and we did a show with Reed. And I, this, yours is going to come out before his, but um, it was it was the scariest. Um, and the most rewarding show we've done possibly. Uh, very different. Basically, we just did an hour of like um, he just ran us through street epistemology and he, he took the, the example we went through was uh, should there be, the claim was that um, there should be, that, that public bathrooms should be. Um, uh, gender neutral. No, it was a gender neutral. It was that they should be. Unisex. Uh, no, but they should be they should be divided based on sex. Right, yeah. That was the claim. And then and then we had to work through it. And he was a he's a total master at this. And I think you gotta keep doing it. I think he's had ten thousand of these conversations. And you can't just do it once and you can't just read the book. Unfortunately, you have to go through the process, the horrible process of having your your uh claims and your your ideas tested. And there's nothing worse. Than someone saying, "So, Melody, what? And why? Why do you? Why do you? Why do you think that? Or what? 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 And you go, "Oh God! <laughs> well, don't ask me that, please. Don't ask me that. I read it. I read it in a, an Atlantic article. You know <laughs> what you want to say. Uh, so you've got to sort of then run through the whole thing. It was it was amazing. I think you you guys would have a riot. Oh man, I would love that. Yeah, I'll hook you up. Well, Melody, we're fast running out of time here, so we'll start our descent. But we do have a final question that we ask all of our guests, and we'd like to know what you're reading right now. <laughs> like ten books that I've I've only I've read. Yeah, the, the blurb of. <laughs> yeah, um, I'm reading a book called Scattered Minds by, forgive me if I pronounce mispronounce his name, Gabor Mate. 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 Okay, there you go. Because um, it seems old, like everyone's got. Guy. Seems like everyone's got ADHD today, and I'm just like, what's going on? So, yeah, scattered minds. Yes, I'm. I'm fascinated by that guy. He comes up in my feeds a lot, and you know, he's got he's got one of these. Uh, maybe I haven't got into him yet because he's always looking at me like with this this look of like, like I know, <laughs> I know more than you. Have you seen that look he's got? He's just kind of like. Mm -hmm. <laughs> well, he probably does know more than you. <laughs> he definitely does. That's the awkward thing, and so I think I'm going to read scattered minds. <laughs> and get that out well you know uh melody we'll give you the final word tell us tell us uh you know how can people get tickets to show where can they where can they go and also where can they find you online 
So my handle is Melody Rachel K on Instagram and Twitter. Um, and then for YouTube, it's just at Melody Rachel. And my show, my solo theater show is called Demo. And it's opening on the 19th of September at 7.30 p.m. at Erskineville Town Hall. You can get tickets at the Sydney Fringe website. Just type in Demo. Yeah, that's it. Fantastic. All right. Awesome. Good luck with the show. What do they say? Chookers. Chookers, they do. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) That's an Australian (laughs) thing. I only heard it when I first moved up here. But um, yeah, it's been really awesome. Thank you so much. Thank you for listening to the New Flesh Podcast. If you like our work, please consider rating us on Apple Podcasts or even writing us a review. It really does help the show reach a wider audience. We'll be back with another episode next week. Until then, long live the New Flesh.